special day for our church, but it's a special day for us as well. And we have a brand new grandson today. Uh, just born just a little while ago, uh, Josiah Bradley Pope was born in Santa Clarita, California, uh, 734, 734 this morning. He's born on my way to church today. And Amber and the baby are doing, uh, are doing well. And so, uh, praise the Lord, Wayne and Lisa made it out there uh, in time. And, and so they're with them. And so you pray for Zach and Amber today. And uh, Zach had it worked out to have a, a young college student preaching for him today. And so praise the Lord. God knew. God knew. Uh, but remember them in your prayers, if you will. Thank you. And we have uh, dozens of pictures. We'll be glad to show you right after the service um, <laughs> if you'd like to see them. All right. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of John, the book of John, John chapter 9 this morning, John chapter 9. Now listen, uh, we did not have a Sunday night service last week, but we do have a Sunday night service this week, and so I want to encourage everybody to be uh, in your places. Uh, I tell you what we will, we will do, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, we'll schedule choir practice, uh, at least practice for 15 minutes tonight. And so choir, if you could be in your place at 5.15 tonight, and then we'll have our prayer rooms at 5.45, and then we will have the service, uh, our service tonight, 6 o'clock. Don't miss the service. Uh, boy, don't miss the service. I, you know, I mean, I appreciate the schedule and everything last week, but I'm going to tell you what, buddy, I miss Sunday night. And we need the Word. We need the Word. And church, we need the Word. I hope that you'll be here in the service tonight as I'm just going to just barely, not even hardly, give you the introduction to this message this morning. And I'll finish, I'll finish this message tonight. And so John chapter 9, in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand this morning, John chapter 9 and verse number 1. And the Bible says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which uh, before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay, and anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. I want to read more than that, but we don't have time. I'll, I'll, we'll go a little further than that tonight. And so you may be seated. And I want to just give you just a, not even the full introduction, but just give you a, a, just a slight introduction uh, for the message tonight. But I'll say just a few things this morning that will be well worthy of our hearing them. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time, and we'll get right into the Bible study. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings, and uh, thank you for this time that we've had together in song and music and honoring our veterans. And uh, Lord, I do pray now that uh, you will bless us as we go across the road in just a few moments. But Lord, right before we do that, uh, Lord, as we close this service with a few moments uh, around the Word of God, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'll speak to every heart here today. I know our time is short, 
But God, I also know that you're a God that's able. And so I pray that you'll speak to every heart today. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'll sow a seed right now. And I pray that you'll bring the increase. Uh, Lord, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. As I said, don't miss tonight. Don't miss tonight. I'll be bringing part two of this message. It's your move. Here in John chapter 9, we notice that Christ passes a man blind from his birth, a beggar. I think the Bible alludes to that. He's probably begging as a beggar. Uh, and we notice here that, uh, you know, as you go through the gospel, one of the things you understand is that if Jesus had wanted to, Jesus could have just spoke the word and healed the man. He who speaks the worlds into existence needs merely to speak the word to heal a blind man. In fact, in fact, it's not even necessary for Jesus to speak the word if he doesn't want to. But we notice also in John chapter 9, the thing I guess that stands up about John chapter 9 is we notice that our Savior uses some extraordinary means to heal this man. We notice here that he spits on the ground. Uh, something maybe your mom would have told you not to do when you were a kid, but... Uh, Jesus, and, and every, every boy can really identify with this message, and, but he spits on the ground and he mixes that spit with dirt, with clay, if you will, with the dirt, and he makes some clay, and the Bible says that he anoints the eyes of the blind man, and then he instructs him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, I'm going to get into that part tonight, and you don't want to miss the message tonight as it goes to wash in that pool of Siloam. But as, as I close this service, can I just give you a few introductory things that I see here about John chapter 9? Number one, we see a picture of sovereignty, sovereignty. What do you mean, preacher? Well, we notice this man was blind from his birth. And by that I mean this church, this was not a cold we're dealing with. This was not a simple cold. This was not a virus. This was not an ear infection. I'm not making light of an ear infection. Please understand, if you have children, uh, just about every time you take your kids to the emergency room, they always say he's got an ear infection. And I'm not making light of that. Uh, but I would say this, that what Jesus is dealing with here is not an ear infection. It's not a virus. It's not a scratch. You see, the Bible says in verse number one, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. This is a seemingly hopeless case. This man not only does not see, he's never seen. He's, he's not, listen, he's had not, not, not sight since he was born. And so we notice here that uh, this man is blind from his birth. And also we notice that Jesus heals him on the Sabbath day. Look if you will, verse 14. The Bible says, and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And according to the law of the Pharisees and the religious leaders in that day, you know what, that was not to happen. And so what I'm saying this morning is this. The things that happened in John chapter 9 were really not supposed to happen. The things that happened in John chapter 9, you know what? To all apparent reasoning, just can't be done. But may I say this morning, church, God will not be placed in a box. God will not be placed in your little box and God will not be placed in my little box. And how many know this morning that the God we serve is a God that's able? That's right. 
In fact, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse number 27, Jesus, or God said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? In other words, there is nothing that I cannot do. I mean, just march it out. And God said, I promise you, I can take care of it. I'm reminded of what the psalmist said in Psalm 135 in verse number six, whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. In fact, if you look in John chapter eight, John chapter eight and verse number 58, we notice that Jesus reminds the people of who he is. Look at verse number 58, John chapter eight, verse 58. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you before Abraham was, I am, I am. I mean, before Abraham ever existed, he said, I was there. I am. And may I say this morning that he is what you need this morning. He is your healing. What is Jesus saying? I am your provider. I am your helper. I am your protector. And that's all I'm saying, that God is a sovereign God. And we notice that sovereignty in John chapter 9. In just a moment, we're going to go across the street and we're going to be reminded, Calvary Baptist Church, that we serve a sovereign God that a church with no denominational help, a church that just has common everyday people, a church that just is full of country folk, and yet by the grace of Almighty God and the power of God, we're gonna build a beautiful building to the glory of Christ over there across the road. What do you say? Brother, there is a God in heaven, amen. And whatever it is that you're going through this morning, I'm just, I'm just glad that I can remind you that God is able. God is able. God can put that marriage back together. God can heal that home. God can heal that loved one if he deems fit. God can. God can give you that job. God can arrange your finances. God can do a miracle in your life. I'm just saying this, brother. The God that you serve is not a God like Steve Pope, and he's not a God like David Clark. The God that we serve is a sovereign God. We not only notice that sovereignty, but number two, how about this quickly? We see a picture of simplicity. Look at John chapter nine, verse six. The Bible says, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And church, can I just mention this? Jesus needs no pharmacy to do a great work. Jesus doesn't need the latest, greatest medication on the market and we see them every day on television. They're advertising some kind of new drug, some kind of new medication. And you know what? The truth of the matter is Jesus doesn't need those things. He doesn't need that medication. He doesn't need that prescription company. All he needs is some spit and some dirt. Simplicity, simplicity. He uses clay and spittle (laughs) to perform a great work. And I said that to say this, that God often uses the weak and beggarly elements to do great things. Did you know that God desires to use you? You say, but pastor, I have nothing to offer. Great, you're a wonderful candidate, amen. You say, preacher, you mean God wants to use me, but I can't, I can't sing like those in the choir. A preacher, I can't play a piano or a keyboard like those who play today or, or, or a violin or, or whatever it might be. Uh, preacher, I can't preach like a preacher or I, I don't have talent. I don't have a lot of personality. And this is all I'm saying. If Jesus Christ can use clay from spit, Jesus can use you. And Jesus can use me. May I remind you of the scripture in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. 
But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things in art. This is all I'm saying. God's able to use you and God wants to use you. You say, but preacher, you don't know. You don't know my background. You don't know I've stumbled. I've failed. I've made some mistakes. Well, I'm glad that God is able to put the pieces back together. Oh, listen to me now. Listen to me. Don't just let this go in one and out the other. There is a God who loves you and who gave his son for you and who wants to, who wants to use you in a great way for his glory. Listen, don't let that be wasted. We notice and we see that picture of sovereignty. We see a picture of simplicity. But let me end by saying this, because this is great. We see a picture of salvation. We see a picture of salvation. And I'm going to be honest with you, church. We see perfect order here. Look, if you will, John chapter 9, verse 7. The Bible says, And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Look at verse number 11. He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Look at verse 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes and I washed and do see. We see a perfect picture of salvation. Number one, we see the word. Because the Bible says Jesus is the word. He's the word. Number two, we see washing. And number three, we see wholeness. Now, I said that to say this. You don't become whole and then go and wash. We see a perfect order here. You see, first of all, you receive the word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, Jesus speaks to your heart. Uh, the Father draws you. He speaks to your heart. He convicts you about your need. He convicts you about salvation and you respond to that word. And when you respond to that word in faith, guess what happens? You get washed. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11, and such were some of you, but ye are washed. Be your sanctified, be your justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And then you become whole. Then you come seen. Now, church, listen to me now. You don't get your life together and then get saved. You decide to get saved and God puts your life together. That's how it works. You don't, you don't get sight and then go wash. You go wash, then you get sight. A perfect picture of salvation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me end with this little story and we're done. We're going to go across the road. Listen to this story. There was a very wealthy man, and he and his wife wanted a baby so bad, so, so bad. And they had tried and tried and tried for a long, long time and were, not, were unsuccessful. But finally, finally, his wife became pregnant. They were so excited. They were very, very, very wealthy. And so anticipating for this son to come, this wealthy man, began to, he began to lay aside unbelievable wealth for his son. I'm talking about bank accounts. I'm talking about gold. I'm talking about silver and properties and houses. And uh, I mean, just began to heap up unbelievable wealth for this young boy. Sure enough, he was born and he lived for several years. But his fate was, would have it. This wealthy man's son 
passed away. Every day he would walk by these rooms and these buildings where all this wealth was stored and, and, and it bothered him so. And so he decided, I'm going to get rid of all this wealth that I had for my son. And so he said, we're going to have an auction. We're going to send out the word and we're going to promote it and broadcast it. And so, as you can imagine, hundreds and hundreds of people came for this auction. And the auctioneer got up that day and he said, now, folks, we know why you're here, but, but according to the owner here and according to this man, the very first thing that we have to auction off here is a picture of his son, the son that died. I'm going to be honest with you, church, it wasn't a very good picture. It was sort of faded out. The frame was somewhat scratched. If I remember the story right, maybe the glass in the picture was cracked. It was not a very, not a very handsome picture. But the auctioneer said, before we go any further, we must bid on the picture. Well, nobody wanted the picture. Everybody wanted the property. Everybody wanted the homes and the houses and, and the wealth, but nobody wanted the picture. And he said, now, folk, before we can go any further, and finally somebody said, all right. And they made a ridiculous bid. And he said, going once, going twice, sold. At that point, he took his gavel and he hit the stand and he said, auctioning is now closed. He said, actually, he said, there was only one item for bid today and that was the picture of the sun. He then took that sun and turned it around and there was a brown manila type envelope on the back and he pulled that envelope off and inside was a letter and he pulled that letter out red and it said to the person who takes the picture of my son, I leave all his wealth. And you know what, my dear friend? You don't get the blessing and then receive the son. You receive the son and then get the blessing. And if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, you've never been born again, we have a busy day, but not that busy. And if you're here today and you have never been saved and you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven, listen, in just a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to come. And here's what we'd like to do. You'll not have to make a speech, nothing like that, nothing. We'll not embarrass you for anything in the world, but I'll tell you what we would like to do. We'd like to just take the Bible and show you from the Bible how you can have a home in heaven. And so I hope you'll come. So with our heads bowed and eyes closed, would you stand all over the house this morning, please? Father, we thank you for this time we've had together today. And God, I thank you for this very simplistic message. But God, we also thank you for this beautiful picture of salvation. And maybe there's somebody here today, and God, maybe they've been trying to put the pieces together and put the pieces together and Lord, maybe they said, you know, once I get the pieces together, I'm going to accept Christ and I'm going to get saved and become a Christian. But Lord, help them to realize today that's not the order. First you get saved. And then Jesus begins to put the pieces together. Father, I pray today that if there's one that needs to be saved, that they'll be saved today. Have thy way, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Right before the pianist begins to play, in fact, honey, I'll tell you, just go ahead and start playing anytime you want to. I wonder real quickly this morning if there might be one here today who would say, Brother Pope, I'm getting ready to be real honest. If I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me today? Is there one like that anywhere right now? Could I pray for you? 
and you'd say, Pastor, if I died right now, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up. Can I pray for you right now? Is there one anywhere? Preacher, I'm not saved. Pray for me. Pray for me, all right? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask my wife to play through one stanza of this invitation song. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. If you're here today and you need to be saved, pastor's going to be here. You come. And we'd like to take the Bible and show you how you can know Christ as Savior. All right? So, Father, have thy way in this invitation. Lord, I, I, even though the service has been brief, I, I feel like you're speaking to some hearts right now. I pray you work, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, pastor's going to make his way to the main floor. If we can help you, we're here. You come today while we wait.